That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Welcome, everybody, and what's up, Jobbers, to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestle Mania alongside for the ride as a man that's always feeling oozy, JC. Not only am I feeling oozy, but uh, you can call me Shorty J today as a Mandy Rose fan. That's my Halloween costume that I put together two minutes before the show. An ode to my boy Shorty G, as well as Mandy, who uh, the one-year celebration will be tonight on Tuesday, the day of our recording, for the greatest champion in the history of champions of the world of everything so it's a year uh, it's a year of mandy rose on on nxt on tuesday uh would you like to take a moment here she is the shiniest shine would you want to just lay out for this i mean i don't even think it's debatable i think it's been a great it's definitely the best nxt women's champion reign of all time it's when you think of like cool like historic championship reigns like i don't and especially you i don't think people would have ever thought that mandy rose could do it but it's just it's been a perfect storm of things for how they transitioned NXT for a bit and like the dominance and the consistency she brought, as well as all the different young talent and new talents they brought in for her to work with. And she continues to reign supreme because she is the attraction. She is always in the shine. And that's how we start our show, Nestlemania, because we got a crown jewel edition of the Jabberknocker today, which we will get into those predictions at the end of the show, as well as look aheads to AEW. More NXT beyond just Mandy, even though she is everything. Uh, but yeah, Nestlemania, we got uh, we got some stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. And before we get to that, I just wanted to say very quickly, I got a shout out from our boy Todd, who said, uh, he made a joke. He said, I have to agree with JC. I said, why? And he said, you know, Mandy Rose, she's officially in the shine. And I said, why? She's like, she doesn't suck anymore. She can actually wrestle. <laughs> so congratulations, Mandy Rose. from One of the harshest critics in wrestling that I ever know uh, was like, JC knows what's up. So there you go. I just want to give you that small shout out. No, no, that's what I mean. Cause it's one of those things. Like I obviously, when she first came about the talent in the ring, it wasn't quite where you'd want it to be, but you know, when, when I always saw her, I'm like, she has big spar potential. So she sticks with it. She has a potential to be really dominant and down in NXT, they make it more about wrestling and she succeeded. So every now and then it does happen, but that from Todd, that makes my jaw drop. Yeah. He's definitely super critical of everything that he's ever watched in his life. So uh, yeah, I mean, I just I wanted to say it was bare repeating. And our boy Danny, let's see what our boy Danny, Mr. Grimwood, Mandy Rose, always in the shine, always JC's dreams. There you go. I, I mean, don't doubt did you see thing. some Halloween costumes? I think she's in everyone's. You can look, but you can't touch. There were some good ones. Uh, shout out NXT. Every year they do it. They kind of let um, all their wrestlers like cosplay. Uh, Roxanne went cosplay. as Babyface Bailey. Cora Jade went as uh, AJ Lee. Mandy was Nikki Bella one night, and obviously there are a ton of other great costumes. But it just it's it's something cool for like a live event around this time of year for them allowed to get into the spirit and kind of just you know do something fun. So. I'm sure we should have dressed up, but it would have been a day late, a dollar short. So it's fine. I'll just, I'll just look great. You look like Doug Funny. Shorty okay. J, baby. I, I got the the sweatbands and the headbands. You look like Quail Man. 
I mean, if I stood up, I'd have the shorts. I'd have everything. I didn't go Please with the tank top because I had to rep Mandy. But, you know, you kinda, Shorty J is in the know. house. You kind of look more like Bray Wyatt doing the muscle man dance. Do the Ooh. muscle man dance. I, I'm not as I'm not as big as Bray Wyatt though. So no, I can't but you, pull you, that what did he used to say? He's got he's a big boy in a Ferrari frame or something. He used yeah, to but say Bray something Wyatt's got some got some muscles. Muscles, muscles. muscles. a lot more muscles than I have. You so. got plenty of muscles, pal. All right, let's get into the regular part of the, <laughs> of the program. Let's get shine worthy. There's a lot that I got angry about this week, but I want to see where you got positive. I mean, we had one of the best segments of the last decade on SmackDown this week. Um, for a myriad of reasons. Obviously, it started out with because we had the usual Jay and Sammy uh, kind of getting into it mid-match. It cost Sammy and Solo the win after they're arguing. And this was just a great way to bring Roman back was during the infighting. And we even had a face down between Jay and Jimmy, which was like, oh, fuck. We've never seen anything like that before. But Tribal Chiefs music hits. Out comes Daddy to kind of slap around the kids and be like, figure it out. But instead, he just literally, this this segment was put together so well. And everything that quote unquote went wrong with it made it even better because it's essentially Roman just standing like the dad in front while the two children like kind of made their cases and bickered in the back and the back and forth was great. We know Sammy and Jay have been hitting on all cylinders lately, but I mean, the pinnacle of this segment was when Jay Uso says, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. And you get the Roman. Huh? Just yeah. like his timing, like maybe this motherfucker is going to be as good as an actor of The Rock, if not better, because his fucking, I think what he's shown during this reign the past year, and especially in the storyline, is just like the capability that he can do to really bring this character and make it larger than life. Um, so that was fantastic. But obviously, uh, you know, then, uh, then when Roman kind of starts to turn on Jay, Sammy once again coming to his defense. So it's just a lot of interesting dynamics here. But obviously the segment ends with Roman saying he's going to change Sammy's name. To Sammy Uso, and oh my God, like that is just just his jaw just, drop, like oh my God, oh my God. So you know, I just, the, poor Jay was freaking crying into his uh, trying to hide his face, and Roman's like, get it together. He's like, no, 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 no. That was my favorite part about everything was just like. Roman Reigns did not let Jay Uso turn. Like he was just like, no, 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 no. You want to, you want to break character? We're gonna, we're gonna call, we're gonna call it up. And like, I don't know if you saw the digital exclusive about Waffle House. But that shit was hysterical. Okay, so go if you guys have a second, go over to WWE Digital, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, whatever. There's an exclusive with the Bloodline, Sands, Ham, you know, Heyman and uh, and Reigns. But I think it's um it's the New England Patriots reporter. What's her name? I forget her name. Megan. Megan Morant. Uh, she's Megan Morant, I think. On yeah. Stockton? Okay, so yeah. she's sitting in the middle of a couch in between Sammy and Jay, and the rest of them are behind there, just like doing their you know their USO thing. And then all of a sudden, he goes, you know what? Sammy's like, I'm taking everybody to Waffle House. And then instantly Jay stops hating him. He's like, Waffle House? Shit, we're going to Waffle House? And like they're all happy about going to Waffle House. Like, and that that was like magically what fixes everything is Waffle House. So I just I just thought it was hysterical. Again, I've watched that segment at least 10 times since it happened. I could not believe from the Uso t-shirt to this segment to other segments that have happened with Sammy in the last year, I would like we can say Roman Reigns has been the MVP, but honestly, I think Sami Zayn is the MVP of everything right now. And Sami Zayn is the consistent glue. I think Roman yeah. is the guy who's why it works because he is that larger than yeah. life. But like Sami is the one that took something that was getting kind of like it needed a jolt because we've seen the Roman bloodline dance for however many years now. Like whatever, it needed a jolt. But not only did Sami like jolt the storyline and Roman, like he's jolted Jay into becoming better than Jay's ever been. And Jimmy and Solo, like it's it was something where like when Solo comes up, it's like 
they made him immediately in the forefront and it was because of Sammy and being part of Sammy. So it's just like, it's made everything better. And then even like the little quips with Heyman's weird like thing with like Sammy where sometimes he's like, no, no, no. But then sometimes he's like, oh no, this is good. Look at this is good. So it just, it's just, it's a perfect storm right now, man. And that segment, like that one. And like you mentioned the t-shirt one, those two segments are probably the two best of the year. Two of the better things we've seen in years. Like it just like, it's, it's so good, man. We're spoiled. And so I, we don't normally dip into dirt sheet writing here, but there is a report out there, and I use report in air quotes, of course, uh, saying that uh, they're prolonging Sammy, uh, you know, and, and and having an issue with the bloodline because it's getting over, because it's so popular, and that KO is, a, you know, waiting in the wings until this plays out. All I could think about was, are we going to get Sammy or KO against Roman at Elimination Chamber? Because it is in Montreal, Quebec. So I, I'm curious. So here's the two things when I think Montreal uh, and the Elimination Chamber is, yeah, you do have a Roman Reigns potential title match, if he's even going to be there, who knows. But you also have the actual Elimination Chamber, which is usually a number one contenders, which it's going to be weird this year how they do it. Maybe they'll put a mid-card title in there because since there's only really one male title right now, if you win the Rumble, like that's what you're going for. So it would be interesting, but if not, like if it isn't Cody winning the Rumble, it'd be like if Sammy won the Elimination Chamber to earn a shot at Roman, like whoo wee. But I just, I don't know. I feel like you, like it makes more sense to, like you said, do a title match there. But then again, we don't know Roman's schedule. Like, that, who knows? The other thing that really throws me off is like, so the long play would be like, okay, Cody or Sammy to me are the two people that are the person that should dethrone him. Right. Yeah. I think if you're looking at traditional WWE long term storytelling, they both have a real case like you. The, the Cody moment to me is more of a like an all time Kofi Kingston kind of moment. Right. Like there's something attached there that it's just the it's it's amazing. It's a great story. But the Sammy thing on the flip side of it is that Sammy has been the consistent, consistent kind of reluctant baby face and he's all more he's more the daniel bryan right moment so it's just right. like daniel bryan and kofi two of my favorite moments ever for different reasons but it's like we have these two guys who kind of represent both those so yeah. i still think that it's sammy and ko like doing with the usos i think you can get away with that but the thing is we have so much time like you said between now and then if they're really just like sidelining kevin owens like just for that it's just like it's there's only so long you can sideline a guy like KO because, yeah, no, it is noticeable that he hasn't been on Raw because, I mean, since Triple H came back, there wasn't too many people that were getting the hotter treatment than him, and then it's just all of a sudden gone. Uh, so yeah. it is interesting. It is, and I, I I am curious to see, especially since we get into the the hard part. We always talk about this all the time, JC. The, uh, the dog days of uh, football season is really difficult for the WWE and just wrestling in general to have any type of good content. And we're getting with the holiday season coming up, like these next two months, it's just like, that's why, I mean, Survivor Series had its own issues, but that's another reason why even with, uh, you have its own issues, plus the where it is on the calendar, it makes it really hard for this time of year to really be successful. But I also think this is the time of year where they can take some risks. So I'm hoping they take some risks at some of these events. And very carefully, I want to, uh, dip my toe here into the uh, the shine and say happy marriage to our boy Seamus. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we mm. said that because I uh, drew McIntyre with a kilt. I saw Miro with a kilt. I saw Cesaro with a kilt. I uh, looked like a fun time and uh, I'm really happy for Seamus. I mean, he's written off TV for a reason, obviously, uh, but good for he's him. He's injured, Adam. I don't know what Who you're talking about. Who the fuck is Adam? It's <laughs> Nestlemania, baby. It's right Who? there. It's right. Well, it's right. Hold on. I can do this. It's right there. There it is. There it is. 
for somebody it's that's only there. Gonna, if for somebody that's listening and not seeing it just sounds weird when I'm like it's right there it's right there but whatever uh, okay Mr. Shine let's get it, let's keep going um a quick note is I did really enjoy the Roman Miz segment uh because his sucking up to Roman is just like it's just so funny because whenever you see like another character, especially someone like the Miz, with we know his endless charisma, like playing off the whole tribal chief thing, having Heyman there was a nice dynamic. It was fun. There was a lot of that stuff with the Miz this week that we'll probably hit on later, but I thought this one in particular was a creative way to get Roman on the show without the bloodline and without Logan Paul and make it an interesting fun segment. So I did like that. I did appreciate the fact that they tied it back into Logan Paul because it felt kind of weird about this. Like all of a sudden, so like I know this is probably weird for other people, but for me, like my my knowledge of wrestling goes back very, very far because I, you know, I've been watching this for so long. When they did the whole like pin in the hand thing, it made me think of the steel plate that Lex Luger had at SummerSlam. And it's like, oh, he wins, but he wins by DQ. I can see something where a DQ happens and somehow they finagle it saying Logan Paul wins, but not doesn't win the championship. I can see something weird like that happening. Horrible. Don't do it. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying to appease the celebrity, they might do something like that. I don't know. I I would think that Logan Paul's all in. Get on your back, Logan. I would. So here's the thing. And I, I tend to agree with Scott Hall, right? You always look better on your back as long as you pay me. Right. So, I mean, honestly, as long as he's getting paid, it's all fake anyway. Right. So it's all predetermined. So let's do it. Let's just do it the right way. So, I don't know. Is what it is. All right. So, let's moving on. You you liked anything else? Uh, what was your favorite match of the week? I really enjoyed Well, I enjoyed a couple of things. Let's put it that way. I but want I, your favorite one first. My favorite thing this Best week, match of the week. I think it was on Raw. I think it was Theory and Rollins, personally. Yes, 100%. I think that so here's, so here's the thing. We know that Seth Rollins is on, on another level. We just we can't deny that Seth Rollins is just he's a visionary. He, you know, he's just he's amazing. You know, he's a revolutionary. Uh so when I watch him, I think he's not even he's not even playing bat batting practice. This motherfucker is hitting home runs every single time he comes out with the oh, oh and the crowd, and now he's got the the yellow hair. It seems like he's trying to be slightly baby facious, which is weird to me. He's a little baby face, but it, he still stomps the hell out of everybody. I didn't understand. It felt like the theory thing got thrown in. Like, I understand if you go back to ne- last week when he said he has a better chance of catching in on Dana. I guess that's the precipice of this. Yeah, they kind of set it up last week with that. But when, it felt like was I all... needed a reminder. I didn't feel like I got, like, I didn't feel like commentary led me to that point. And I think that's kind of the bigger gap that I've been noticing about commentary. It's a whole nother issue. It's like commentary, commentary is like, ooh, freedom. But with freedom, they lay out on a lot of things, and they don't really talk about a lot of things either. I feel like Michael Cole is a good traffic cop. KP, unfortunately, he doesn't have the reps yet. So when I'm watching this, I'm going, why is this happening? And I, I need the reminder sometimes. Like, I remember a lot, but I, I forget a lot too because there's just so much content. And sometimes they're really good about it. But when I watched this match, all I could remind myself was, holy shit, Theory is doing a great job right now. And regardless whether you like him or you hate him, folks, it's irrelevant because – you have to watch that match and you have to call yourself on the carpet and say, even if you're not a fan, Austin Theory is like a major player, if not the player going forward, because Seth Rollins to me is the measuring stick. If you have, it's like they used to joke in the 90s if you had a bad match with the one, two, three kid, you shouldn't have a contract. If you have a bad match with Rollins, you shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Like Rollins to me is like, is this guy ready? Yeah. If he's good enough, if not, Seth Rollins will just eat him alive. And this was a match that made me think, holy shit, this kid. This, this, you know, there's a reason he has the briefcase. Yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten about it because Theory's kind of been on the back burner uh, for a little while now, and he's been more of like the jokey, pathetic guy that just loses all the time. 
but like, yeah, no, he got to, he got to put on his wrestling pants uh, this week and really show why he is one of the best. And when he gets in there with one of the best of like why Vince McMahon saw him as the future of the industry and why a lot of people, even Paul Heyman was one of the guys who saw him as a future of the industry many years ago when he kind of brought him under his wings and they brought the kid up way too fast and he wasn't ready. And we see that happen sometimes with a lot of young talent, uh, but he's definitely like, found his footing this past year. He's had an incredible year. It's kind of ended kind of with a whimper, but this was a nice reminder to be like, Hey guys, don't forget about Austin theory. Cause this kid really is one of the future like pillars of WWE. I am curious where you want to go next in this choose your own adventure of the shine. I don't know if you're going to like my last two pieces of the shine. That's okay. That's that you like it. And that's all that matters, pal. So I liked bliss and Oscar winning the tag titles mainly because it's the last thing that I thought would happen. And it's, I think these things we've, I mean, we've been shitting on these things for like damage control and stuff for a while. Like maybe this is the jolt they need to kind of get them, make them the chasers again, or kind of, I don't know. It just, it's the women's division on raw is in such a weird place. Cause we've talked about it. Bianca's just on another level and Bailey just keeps getting rematches at this point. Cause she's the only one who seems close at this point. Um, so I'm not really excited about that aspect of that. So we've just kind of had random, the tag titles have been in a weird place, obviously since now Sasha and Naomi left. And they haven't really found their footing. And our hopes was like with damage control, maybe there could be some solidification. There hasn't been. Uh, so maybe this is a nice jolt they need. Asuka and Alexa are two of the more popular women on the roster. I Even though maybe they're not the most ideal pairing, I think it just kind of works as a babyface team. So I'm putting it in the shine just because, A, I like surprises. And B, I like that they're at least trying here to give us something, a different presentation with these tag titles. So maybe this does help all the women involved. Maybe it won't, but at least now we get to see something different. I tend to agree with you about the different. And I, I think I would say bravo to them for realizing that damage control has been kind of floppy. I would be the best way to describe it, I guess, for me is we all want them to succeed, but it seems like we all kind of agree that it's kind of off, right? So I think this is a good reset because it made me go, okay, nobody, like crickets, it felt like, for damage control when they came out. And then you watch the reaction of Asuka and, you know, Alexa winning and the crowd came jumping out of their seat. So it, it's the right call. When you, watch the, when you watch the crowd, it's the right call. And yep. like you said, I, I'm having a hard time figuring out who's going to win on Saturday when it comes to, you know, the last woman standing match. I'm not. No, I know, but... But it, but it, this actually helps the one-sidedness of that match, I think, in a lot of ways. Because now you're going, well, shit, if they lost those titles, does that mean Bailey's going to win? You know, and you start to play that what-if game. And that's when wrestling's at its best, when you can't call it, right? So I think they're doing a great job in that aspect of it. I'm just really concerned with damage control as a whole. Maybe it'll get better during Survivor Series. But they got to be dominant. Like, none of this wishy-washy. And they kind of do it with Judgment Day, too. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But it's the, it's, the, it's the equation of wins and losses don't matter as long as you jump the guy after you lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can see that on Monday with Judgment Day. But for me, I think about I, it a lot in general when they do these things. I think the difference with Judgment Day and Damage Control for me is Judgment Day is, like, a much cooler presentation. Like, Damage Control, I don't really understand their presentation. Because, like you said, they're supposed to be, like, these big bad heels. But... Obviously, they're not big in stature, so they're not dominating over, especially Bianca, who's a freaking beast. And it's just like, so that is part isn't believable. And then at least like with Judgment Day, like they have a cool, like badass presentation, even if they do lose a lot, like the entrance is very well thought out, the way they like pose, the way they act, like it's just it very, it's believable that like, yeah, these guys are a bunch of like badasses that just like cheat and jump people and act like a bunch of dicks or damage control. It's like, no, they're just these annoying women that 
you know, I don't, it's, I don't know. I don't believe that they can beat up Bianca. Yeah, exactly. Sure, you can beat up Alexa, sure, because they're the same size. But it feels like Judgment Day is a WWE production, and it feels like Damage Control is a is a faction you made in WWE 2K. You know what I mean? Like you want it to work. It is because it's a very fan. Like yeah. when we all thought we're like, this is awesome. It's three of our favorite women right. together. But it's just like they need. I mean, it's one of those things. Like I'm going to use this as an example. I don't want her in there, but they need like a Raquel type in this group. They need an enforcer because. I mean, Bailey, I can believe her as a leader, I guess. Every time she talks, maybe not. But, like, as her, like, like as, if you're, like, putting them on a poster, it's, like, Bailey in front makes sense. And, like, sure, EO and Dakota as, like, the cool tag team, sure. But it's, like, who's the enforcer? It's, like, I can shit on all the Jericho factions in AEW, but the presentation always worked because that big oof Hager is always there. Like, he's the enforcer. He doesn't have to be, like, a dominant guy and go out there. But it's, like, if you want to be a big bad heel faction, you like presentation wise, it always works better with a big enforcer and the damage control hasn't had that. Maybe they get one at some point. I do think that's something I look for, but like, I don't know who the person is. So well, it's, it's tough. If you look at what happened on Monday night, you see that Nikki cross kind of sort of was talking to them. So I assume yes, that's cause the she fourth. fits big. She fits the big, no, the big I, bad I'm enforcer just, it doesn't help the cause is what I'm saying. No. I agree with you. I, I'm looking for that enforcer as well, but if Nikki, they're trying to do, Something with Nikki, I guess. And this isn't... I'll let you go with your shine before we get into the rest of it. I just... It, it bothers me about Nikki, but let's, let's yeah, stay Yeah, we can hit on that, too, because I am very confused. And I saw our boy Guthrie. I was in a similar boat of just confusion over what's going on. But my last piece of shine was... I absolutely enjoyed, and especially because you tweeted about it before. So I'm like, oh man, he just jinxed it. He just jinxed it. This trick or street fights. I always love these because they're fun. I love the fucking stupid Thanksgiving ones we're going to get at the end of the month. I love the Christmas ones. I love the St. Patty's Day ones. I love if they do Easter ones. I love if they do July 4th ones. I just, they're fun because it just takes something like it. And the, the, this one for me was one of the better ones recently because like, if you just put the match of the Otis Riddle match on paper, I'm just like, eh. But you tell me we're going to get fucking Gable and Otis cosplaying and coming out to a dance, which was fucking hilarious. And then, like, you get to see Otis and shit smashing pumpkins and Riddle acting like an idiot dressed up as Ezekiel, which was hilarious. Like, again, the Riddle Elias thing makes no sense to me, but Riddle dressing up as Ezekiel, I can forgive it for one week. But Nestlemania, I fully expected you to watch this and be like, man, you know what? This is probably the one of the better trick-or-treat fights ever. And for this year, it made sense. But it doesn't appear you're that way because you just hate fun. You hate pumpkins. You hate Halloween. And you hate uh, Alpha Academy. You hate Riddle. You hate everything that's beautiful in the world. So, uh you know, I'll let you transition here, but I really enjoyed it this week. I thought it was fun, and I think the majority of people agreed with me. Our boy Ray Ray said in the thread, it better leave the show this week. I'm not putting it that high, but I really enjoyed it. And I, a three-hour show was one of the highlights. I I, I just can't. I uh, So, Ray, first off, you don't get uh, you don't get to say anything. You don't get to say anything. He probably set up the pumpkins. Yeah, That's he probably said, why. Yeah, exactly. He's, he, he, I, think he's, I think he's in another country right now, but I could be wrong. Um, but that's beside the point. Ray has a very, uh, what's the way I can describe this? He has a very specific taste. So Ray likes certain things. I thought you had higher class, honest to God. And I thought you would think this was a terrible segment too. This was great. All right. So here's here's my logic on this, right? And I, I again, I can't score logic against this because it's stupid. But what I have an issue with is it happens every year. And it's yeah. it's like, it's almost like, 
So does WrestleMania. Do you no, hate that I, too? You're gonna you're gonna put that on a fucking billboard. The trick I'm or treat just saying fight? it happens no. every year. So so does everything. It's cyclical, right? But here's the other thing too: is it's always in the the stupid bottom of the hour nonsensical stuff. And I think the harder point that I have is it's it's, it's a street fight. Like if you're having a street fight, you have like an issue that needs to be solved. And it should be like serious, and you're gonna beat the shit out of each other. Then you have the fucking three, three Stooges element of this, like whoop, 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 going through a table that has candy. The fucking RKO pumpkin, which again was funny. I appreciated the RKO pumpkin, but I just felt like we had an opportunity here. We had an opportunity since Vince McMahon had to step down. That Triple H has gone out of his way to stay away from all the what I would consider the the McMahon nonsense, right? Like. Nobody's farting on camera. Nobody's vomiting. You know what I mean? Like, Triple H has gone out of his way to make things a little bit more realistic, logical, maybe even. And I was thinking, this is this is a good way to set a precedent that maybe we're not going to do in these themed, nonsensical things. And boy, was I wrong, folks. I just don't like it because, to me, if you're having an issue, like I believe the Academy versus, uh, I believe Alec, uh, Elias and Riddle kind of have an issue right now. It seems like it seems like it didn't need to be put in this situation. The other thing I would like to say was, and someone can prove me wrong, and that's perfectly fine. I'm okay with being wrong. God knows I'm wrong 50 times every week. But it feels like I haven't seen a themed wrestling match, whatever you want to call it, like you just said, the four or five times a year where the women are involved anymore. So it feels like the men can be yuck yucks, but I haven't I seen they, the women they, be they, yuck they, yucks they, That in a was long the time. whole Tony Storm controversy. She had well, that like was a pie, pie thing. That was a pie. Yeah, I don't but know that was like Thanksgiving I don't know if that was Thanksgiving, though. That might have been lead up, but I don't know if it was Thanksgiving. It was part of a Thanksgiving fight. Okay, she was I'll, in the Thanksgiving street okay, fight. Okay, then, then that's fine. And again, if that's the case, then I'm wrong. But it feels like most of the time... Well, let me ask you this. Before you get into that, when you thought Trick or Street Fight, right, and you thought there's no way you didn't make a correlation to thought that Carl Anderson wasn't going to be in it or Luke Gallows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that seems well, like it was their see, bread no, and butter see, for this, like three years. This is the point I'm going to make is those guys were part of it because they were goofy acts. They're in a more serious scene right now. So you notice that them and the fucking, uh, what's your McCall? I almost called them Damage Control because you said that earlier. But yeah. them and Judgment Day weren't involved in it because that's a more serious storyline. Would you say that Matt Riddle is a serious character? Would you say the Alpha Academy that we've seen for the past year are serious characters? No, I would say that they're a perfect fit for this type of fun part because these guys, when they have regular matches, there's goofy fucking shit. Riddle comes out, flips his flip-flops, and butterflies fly on your screen, Nestlemania. But yeah, we gotta be super serious all the time and be super boring and straight-laced and be like a studio CBS uh, NFL show where everyone's boring and fucking lame. No, WWE is, still has the entertainment. With or without Vince, there's gonna be this stuff because... People enjoy this shit, and this is the kind of shit that allows people to kind of, like, test their limits in terms of characters, and I thought the freaking Gable and Otis performance, that this was probably the best Otis has looked in a while in terms of, like, charismatic, man. He was on Gable's level, which is hard to do, because Shorty G, Shorty J shout-out, is a fucking stud, and God, for you being like, they need Riddle. When has Riddle ever been serious? That motherfucker is will be in world title matches with Roman Reigns, and his shit ain't gonna be serious because he's Matt fucking Riddle. He's a fucking stoner, bro. Come on, yeah. Like, come on. 
you how know. dare how dare you say he's not serious? He just went through a serious feud with Seth Rollins. They they just they just took him. To, and he's to, still coming out. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying. But that's my point: is that if you want to have him do something, so like they were trying to make him a bigger deal, and then they just dropped him back to downshift the gear. Him at all. Okay, WrestleMania. Um, would you say that all this bloodline stuff has been super serious? No, no, it's been good yeah. because it's towed the line. Riddle's the perfect guy. The reason why Riddle works on the main roster and is one of the best NXT call-ups of all time is because he fucking hovers on that line. And when he needs to, he jumps way over it and jumps way back because you take him serious because he's a fucking great wrestler and a badass in the rain, but he's also fucking hilarious and brings a fucking unique form of entertainment. The reason why Alpha Academy have been two of the most featured superstars this entire calendar year is because ever since they've moved to raw they've been given time to just let fucking their personalities come out like anytime they need someone to look good it's like call chad gable and otis because they're gonna put them over on the mic they're gonna put them over with their mannerisms and they're gonna fucking put them over on a match man so this is like this was the perfect the perfect recipe for this type of fight this year so let me perfect. ask you this let me ask you this instead of having anything in the ring would you be okay with theme things happening more backstage Instead yeah, of in I mean, the ring. Instead I, of in the ring. I'm all for more backstage stuff. We both love that with like the bullshit. Like, but I'm just saying they're like, like you fighting can, out in the in front of yeah, people. Yeah, you can fight out there or like you could have Riddle do trick or treating, right? And knocking on people's fucking locker room doors and shit. Like you could do all sorts of nonsense back there, make it multi segment and have a lot of fun with that. I'm fine with that. It's when it's in the ring and I've seen like to me, it's like every year it's the same song and dance. There's no reinvention. It's just like to me, it just feels like. Nobody's trying is what I feel like. Like, it just feels like nobody's trying easy, to do anything. It's an easy crowd-pleasing thing where it's like, what does the crowd like to see? They like to see people go through tables. Well, let's fucking decorate the tables and put shit on them. Oh, people like to see an idiot get a pumpkin on his head. and get, they like It's just, this is the ultimate crowd-pleasing match. It's just, it's, it is. And that you need to have some of those things when you have a crowd come and is watching your product for four or five hours with the stuff before and after the show. And, you know, on TV, it's a fun thing. Like, it just... It's a reference to what's going on in the world, which is Halloween. So it just it for one night a year in WrestleMania, you can fucking put up with the trick or treat fight. One night a year, you can put it. They call it like the jingle jangle jango, and you got the fucking turkey. I think shit, it's like, the miracle on forty. The miracle, seconds, yeah, the yeah miracle forty second street streets fight yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so, come on. Listen, I love holidays. Holidays, holidays. Yeah, but are you great. hate fun. So that's no, why I it's don't hate hard. fun. I love if nonsense. If you like Halloween fun, WrestleMania, then they should be right in your wheelhouse. Listen, I just, I just felt. Here's the thing. We both don't like Elias, so that's one problem I had to deal with. Yeah, he had a great knee. Again, I appreciate, I, I appreciate Gable because I thought he came out thinking he looked like Doc Brown from Back to the Future for like a half a second because the Swayze King looked a little bit more white than blonde hair. That's beside the point. Then Otis came out and did the Chris Farley thing, which was fine. I did chuckle at the Ezekiel stuff, which was funny, but I just feel like. That was an act that I'm just not interested in anymore. Like this, these four people, I'm just not interested in right now. So that's just me. Yeah, because you hate fun. It's okay. We can move on. What else didn't you like this week that was fun? What I. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you like this week that wasn't fun? Uh, so I didn't. I didn't really enjoy that the the new models uh, were getting beat up again in a jobber alert against the new day. But it does seem like it's inevitable that the new day are going to be the last leap over that. Uh, that record for the Usos. It so, makes sense, right? Like I know. I mean, honestly, it seems like it, but I, I think like you need to rehab the new day a little bit more if you're gonna get yeah. to that point. Cause you only have and 20 I think days. they're trying to, they're giving them wins. Yeah, they they just feel like there's 20 days left to this entire thing. So I feel like it's bizarre, right? Like 
like, oh, it's just going to be a mad dash, and they're going to try to find the last date before the record, essentially, whether it's a pay-per-view or whether it's a Monday Night Raw SmackDown, whatever. It would and have then, to be Survivor Series, wouldn't it? I think it said 20 days from now or something. It was something like, it, it's very close. So... Oh, so maybe it's a SmackDown. I would imagine yeah. they're gonna be the the you know the reigning defending yada yada yada. But it was just it was bizarre to me. Uh, also, things head scratcher going to SmackDown. Natty getting choked out to uh, Natalia. Sorry, Natty getting choked out by Shayna. That was just weird. I don't know if Shayna and uh, Ronda are a team. I guess they're just aligning them. I it's, mean, maybe that's one of the people that will be part of war games. I don't know. It just, I, I think it's also just another way since Rhonda has fully gone heel. It's like, she kind of has an enforcer again. Shayna Baszler probably would be another perfect fit for damage control, but they're just giving a heel and uh, a heels champion who doesn't really need an enforcer and enforcer to make them more intimidating. And I think it does. I mean, I think down the line when Rhonda eventually does lose that title, I think we'd all like to see a Rhonda Shayna tag team. Like, that'd be pretty cool. I think they would actually bring, like, some legitimacy to those tag titles. Kind of like, I mean, nobody was a big fan of Nia Jax, but, like, her and Shayna were one of the better women's tag teams because they were believable, they were dominant, and they just, it just, like, you watched them when they were on screen because it was, they were, it, the pairing worked. So and Reggie, Ronda and Shayna, Reggie, at the end of it, Reggie was well, great, yeah. too. But that was, yeah. I, where did Reggie even go, right? Is he gone? I can't remember. No, he's around, uh, but since the 24-7 title doesn't have segments anymore, uh, we don't see any of them except for our truth So a hot and cold moment for me, Legato Del Fantasma versus Hit Row and Shinsuke Nakamura. I forgot Shinsuke existed. Honest to God, I forgot about he's it. He's been on a lot lately. He's been on NXT. I just forget. He's been on SmackDown. Uh, the one thing he I doesn't do anything. He just kind of yeah, wrestles. He just wrestles and does his, you know, whatever. Um, but the other thing that made me kind of really upset was that, and again, the match was fine. I'm glad that fucking, you know, Top Dollar did whatever he had to do and Nishante and everybody. It was just a goddamn mess at the beginning with fucking like B-Fab trying to find Zelina. And then it was just like, whatever we go. We eventually got to the nonsense, uh, you know, that was in the ring. But the one thing I would say is this is a part that I don't like. And I've and you'll, you'll agree with me, I hope, because it, it's adjacent to The Undertaker. I fucking hate when big men go on the top rope and the fucking guy's just like standing there. And doing nothing. Yeah, and then the guy slow. at the bottom's just like, oh no, I'm in peril. Please don't hurt me. Oh yeah. no. And like, so top dollar, I agree. From a big man getting up that high that looks it's impressive. Cool, That's it why impressive. I was a little bit okay. But yeah. like, but then he stood there that move sucks. for what seems like an eternity, waiting for a goddamn MT, you know, M, I'm not even saying it. I, waiting for a bus. He's waiting for a giant bus up there while fucking, you know, poor fucking, what was it? Was it Ashanti? I don't even remember who it was. Somebody was sitting there. I think, oh, I don't, which know. The, I don't even know who it was. Was outside, and then one of the Legato family was it? Was it your boy? Was it the leader? I can't even remember his name. Was he just standing Santos? there? Was Santos, Santos was the was one he there? did it the move to? So Santos yeah. is sitting there, right, doing his fucking "please don't hurt me" thing, and he's just like shooting a hoop, and then he comes down. Whatever. It just, I don't like that stuff, and it it's, it's a dumb, it's a dumb move. Yeah. But I think for like watching Top Dollar do it, I was like, every week Top Dollar, I will cool give him stuff. credit. He has unique things, and with his size, like the double suplex thing. Like it's impressive. Like that's why like they'll be like, that's why I think when they were getting called up, like Vince was looking at him being like this guy. Cause I mean, he's an athletic freak for a big man yeah. and like they do have charisma. So it just, it's, I think they're a fun tag team. I think Legato is a great group, but having two newish acts kind of few with each other is always a risk. It's hard. And especially we've brought like the last couple of weeks about the hot and cold thing. Cause hit row was gone for a year or whatever, but it just, it's, yeah, it was. I mean, it was also a six-man tag. So yeah. the fact that we're saying anything positive about it at all is uh, impressive. But it just, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Moving, uh, I guess, with the theme of SmackDown, LA Knight interrupted Ricochet after in indirectly, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, saying something about his girlfriend, saying he said the the wrong. Uh, she I like said the that. Wrong. I thought. Listen, something right. It's something we we kind of know that they're together. That's fine. L.A. Knight getting interrupted by Ricochet was a nice little touch. Obviously, Ricochet doesn't mind losing because he's great at. He looks great on his back, right? He does a great job. L.A. He Knight needs some selling. dubs. So I mean, it's fine. But when I look at this, all I can think about is, man, this is going to get lost in the shuffle. You know, like it it, it definitely feels. I care like, about it. I love both those guys, so I care. I don't. There's no stakes yet. I'm hoping there are stakes. I know it's hard to have stakes in every match. I understand that, but I'm curious to see where LA Knight goes because I feel like there could be a ceiling, but there could also he could potentially be a bigger deal. I don't know. It's odd. Like you kind of had a general idea, at least in your head, what you think Vince McMahon saw in somebody, like what their ceiling would be. Triple H is a different cat, right? Like you don't know. Like he could be looking at somebody in NXT right now who could be losing all the time, thinking that's my guy. You know what I mean? Like he's that good at it. So he's he's good about taking everybody and making it better for everyone. So I, LA Knight is a mystery to me. Like I don't know if he's going to be a world champion. I don't know if he's going to be a mid-card champion. I think he's a mid-card guy, but I think he's he's the type of guy that especially if you get in a situation where he gets an opportunity, I think he's going to seize it and overachieve. That's kind of what he did in NXT. That's what kind of really led to like the babyface thing is he kind of like every time they gave him an opportunity, whether it was a big match against a top guy or a pay-per-view slot, like he took it and he elevated everything. And so I think he's that type of guy. Like, I mean, on SmackDown, I think you're right with it kind of being capped. It's a two-hour show and you have the tribal cuck and you have Gunther, who's the, kind of like the IC cuck. I think if uh, LA Knight eventually when he got to the three-hour show is a guy that could really succeed in that opportunity, but I still think he's he's like the perfect type of guy they need because he's a plug-and-play. He's an absolute plug-and-play guy. Moving on very quickly, our uh, big snore of the week, uh, Cross beats Madcap in a match that was uh, sort of long, but not really. And uh, Cross Moss. Cross Moss with uh, Scarlet distracting again and castrating whatever you know Cross is because, God damn it, this guy's a star, but he needs help all the time. God damn it. So anybody want to sell me on him? Go ahead. Because I'm nope. still waiting. Talk to Guthrie on Twitter. These are two of his boys. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. It made me it made me so angry. And then finally, we're going to get to Bray Wyatt. Okay, so Uncle Howdy. Don't forget about your Uncle Howdy. A lot of people saying it could be Bray Wyatt. A lot of people saying it could be uh, Bo Leave behind the mask because he's got an earring that very much looks like, uh, you know, Bo Dallas. Uh, Uncle Howdy did look a lot like our, my favorite wrestler of all time, Barry Windham. And if you know why, you know why. Fuck Barry Windham. Uh, so I'm not excited about that at all. Um, it's odd to me because you would assume it's Bray Wyatt under that mask, right? It feels like it's Bray Wyatt and internal, like you said last week, it's an internal dialogue or an internal struggle. That's what it feels like to me is it's still like Bray feuding with himself. But I mean, eventually at some point they could make these actual people. Right. But if you take off the mask and it's Bo leave, like nobody's going to get excited about it. Right. Like that, if the internet will, but the thing is, is like overall arching theme here would be you take a mask off. You want the reveal to be something better than Bray Wyatt or equal to. But Bo Leave is not equal to Bray Wyatt at all. So for me, it's Oh, no, like, I agree. And I think what you just hit on is like once you unmask something yeah. is when it gets worse. And there's another storyline that we're probably going to get to in a moment where we had the unmasking this week and it was fucking a huge letdown. So you're absolutely right with that with the Bray Wyatt stuff. It's like, but that's kind of what Bray Wyatt has usually always been is like the lead up is just so good. And then once you get the payoff, it's usually like, eh, but Bray Wyatt's good about then leading you on a different journey immediately. Like, that's why he doesn't go away, because he's that good. He makes you care 
as long as he can until they have to reveal it. And it's like one of those things. It's like sometimes when you want like have a favorite show and it goes like however many on seasons, it's like very rarely do they stick the landing because your expectations and your hopes in your brain get so high that it's almost impossible for it to reach it. So it just, you know, and that's kind of like, I think what Bray Wyatt is, but we always keep coming back because the ride is just usually so fun. So. All right, moving on. I think that's everything on uh, SmackDown that I have to worry about. But uh, yep. going over to to Rob very quickly. Guthrie said this, and I felt the same way. Uh, I don't like always being paired up with Guthrie, but the man does make a lot of great points. Um, yeah, a lot is a bad term. One or two good points. Well, I just, I honest to God, I just want to roll in his next film. That's really why I keep kissing his ass. He's sucking it up. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, being upfront about it, he can use the jobber knocker in the background of a car playing if you want. God damn it, just do that. I don't care in a conversation. Use that. Anyway, that's beside the point. But when he becomes a big deal someday, I just want to be in a cameo. Russell uh, wants to leech off your success. Absolutely. Guthrie. Listen, I, I, I shell from the mountaintops for my friends' dreams so that my dreams and my friends' dreams can come true. That's all. <laughs> and also, just don't forget me. Also, uh, no explanation for Nikki Cross. It was just like, she's there. Like, you know, and I felt like if people didn't watch NXT or get a general idea of what she was when she was erratic, there would have been... I would have loved to see something there to tell me why. Or also, Sanity me. fucking sucked. So it's no, like, yeah, let's bring, let's bring back. Yes, she was the best part of Sanity, yeah. but Sanity was one of the worst factions ever. They sucked. And it's like, but yeah, let's bring that back. Great. Cool. I'm not even saying bring it back. Give me an explanation for her losing, you know, losing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where's Dewdrop they, they and skipped, all this? They skipped the story. Yeah. Like I, we said last week when it happened, it's like they had all this stuff with Dewdrop in the backgrounds and they were teasing it, but then just like, just kind of there and then Dewdrop's not there. So it's just, I mean, who knows? They're probably repackaging Dewdrop. Maybe she is getting uh, her name back. But it's just like, I don't know. It just... It's very, it's very hard because, like, I know you only have three hours to shove everything in, but it was Only the, three hours. But it you was the first... Fucking time. It was the first thing in the show, Right. And they start the show off with a promo 95% of the time. Why not just have a promo interrupted, you know, by Nikki Cross and then beat the shit out of her and say, like, I'm going to do this because I'm fucking weird or something. You know, anything, anything at all. Uh, but it was bizarre. Uh, I, I did love this was I was also going to give I was going to give my comeback to Brock Lesnar just from him saying Bobby, the way he says Bobby from King of the Hill. Bobby. Hey, Bobby. I almost thought he was going to call him Bobby Boucher. It was awesome. I just love that shit. I thought him. Not being part of the sit down and being in there and the pull pull aparts in general are fucking awesome. But the only thing I could think about was everybody was giving me shit about Von Wagner being in the pull apart. Duke Hudson was in the pull apart too, but nobody's giving me shit about Duke Hudson. Because no one cares about Duke Hudson. The only reason people care about Von Wagner is because they know like you're fucking like you're hard on for him. Oh my god. Listen, if Joe can get us excited about Shimmy Shimmy, yeah, I'm getting everybody excited about the Von Wagon. Get on the wagon, folks. Whoop, whoop. It's going to be a big deal. I cannot wait for him to be a big oh, yeah. fucking deal. Real big deal. I just want to say also, people were given like, oh my God, Carmelo Hayes was on main event. I actually watched main event to support Carmelo. There was also a Truth Von Wagner match. Yeah, the NXT guys have been doing ever since. Like they do that a lot with the people who are close to getting called up. Like Dakota Kai never got called up, but she had been on main event for like a year and a half before yeah. eventually then they let her go. But it's just like, that's a pretty normal thing. They like take some of those veteran type wrestlers and they kind of experiment with these NXT people in front of like live WWE crowds, you know? I just thought it was great. But anyway, the pull apart happens. The one thing that I don't like about pull aparts is I get really into it. But the longer it goes and people pulling them apart and then they get to them again, it's just like, all right, now I'm fatigued. And the one thing that really stuck in my craw about this entire thing was that Triple H had to come out, you know, doing his fucking McMahon fucking shuffle, doing whatever. And he's just like, 
if they touch each other again, it's no more fighting. It's like, wasn't that wasn't that like a couple weeks ago? Didn't they already like what the fuck is going on here, right? Like like you're gonna tell me that you're this close to the pay-per-view and you're gonna cancel a fight that's gonna make you money. It makes no fucking sense. Like Well, the money's already made, baby. No, I know that, but it's just like there's no logic to me like, oh, you guys keep beating each other up. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take this away and put you in the corner. Like you're not gonna fucking do that because Brock Lesnar sells and so does Bobby Lashley. So I just I just thought it was stupid. Like he didn't need to come out. He didn't need to come out and do anything because he has no I, control over it. I think the reason why they did it is because it kind of raises like the levity of what it means just by having the boss had to come uh, out and be part of the pull apart. You know, not just Adam Pierce who was on TV twice this week. I thought he might be your comeback. Um, but it just I that's all I think it was. It didn't didn't bother me too. I mean, like look at this match, they sold it when they put the graphic up. Everything in between, the fact that Brock Lesnar's making an appearance is is a miracle. So, you know. All right, so I believe let's get to the explanation in the room. Okay. Um I'm going to I'm going to wow you right now. You ready for this? Oh, but sure. Okay, we're talking about the the 60 minutes segment, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Okay. I thought I liked that they took a swing. They took a swing. So here's I just Here's hmm. the thing. Here here's where we're going to you're going to you're going to be like flabbergasted. This will make no sense to you. You ready? I thought Johnny Gargano was the best part of this entire thing. Wow. But here's the thing. That's saying something. But here's the I thing. I thought this is the worst he's looked since he's been called out. Okay, but, here's the okay, thing. I, I want to hear this. When I was watching this, all I could think about was this segment fit the character of his nonsense with his yuck yucks and the fucking acting all, you know, looney toony and trying to be funny dad guy. When I was watching it, I went, this is a terrible segment, but he's not the reason this segment sucks. I agree with that. And I think if I'm being honest... He was the reason it held together, but it wasn't good. It was a terrible idea. Someone clipped that. Nestle just praised Johnny Gargano. No, I, listen, you have to be honest about it. It wasn't. It wasn't him. Like when no, he did it wasn't. The, it was he, a bad everything. It was else. bad everything. Like yeah. the 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 reenactments were great. I thought the reenactments were the best part. I agree. Like with the yeah. fucking you know the the stick figures and the fucking Miz and the whole thing. Like great, good stuff. But it, the other thing too is, and here's here's where the production gets to me. Like, you didn't have time for, and you can tell me this is nitpicky. It's fine, but they had a a one shot of Byron, one shot of Gargano, no fucking two shot. You know what I mean? Like when you're doing a sixty minute interview, you have the camera go over the shoulder to the person that's talking, and vice versa for one eighty. And for those of you that don't know, like that's how you set up a three camera shoot. But they didn't do that. It felt like. I was watching a high school put a production together for a quick segment that they clearly had time for because they've thought about the reveal. Yeah, they but do you think they kind of made it very campy on purpose? Okay, so if they... Because so it was like Johnny Gargano put this together, so I think they kind of wanted to feel more amateur. So that's fine if you're trying to grasp at straws, but amateur having a two-shot wouldn't have made it less amateur, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think it... This thing was so bad to begin with, that Byron Saxton couldn't save it. You know what I mean? Like the, and I think the issue we all have here is the reveal is the reveal of here's the phone. And he wanted a celebrity stalker. So we paid him like we, you and I came up with 10 scenarios. The Champa Champa one like made so much sense. And when he started to like show the clips of Champa, I was like, this is how they do it. And I will say this, because this is why I didn't respond to Guthrie's tweet last night is that maybe the actual plan was was because Miz was jealous of Champa, but we now know Champ is injured for nine months. 
So they can't do that because he's out for nine months and they weren't going to keep the storyline going for nine months. So this was probably the second best way they could do it, but I'm not excusing it because it is, it sucks and it's lame, but that just, I had that thought in my mind that maybe I, I would have the hope that what we came up with last week, since it was so much better that they also could come up with that, but maybe the reason they couldn't do it is because of Champa's injury. But either way, regardless is the payoff for this was not great. And it's the other thing too, lame. is it, it looks bad. Like, Here's here's the way I look at it, right? And I, I, if you agree with me, great. I don't really give a fuck. But the Miz can go and have great segments, mass segments, and terrible segments. He's the Miz. He's fine, right? Yeah. Dexter Loomis, he doesn't talk. So to me, it's like he is what he is. He, that's his bread and butter. He's going to be psycho guy. So he's going to be okay regardless. What I think happened here is it really just sucks for Johnny Gargano. You know, like, See, here's the thing, so though, is that like, people like him so much yeah. that, like, I'm not going to say he's indestructible like other people, but it's one of those things It's like, he's so popular. If they if he gets put in a multiple cringe segments, people will come to his defense because they love him so much and say he's been put, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to say he's bulletproof like The Miz because I agree with that, but I think he's the type of guy that, like, something like this, it just it's not going to hurt him long term. It, it won't. It just, but yeah, it doesn't. I am happy to like that you thought that he did well in the segment though, because that at least gives me like, okay, that's something to take out of it. Uh, Cause I just, I mean, I was just so against the whole thing anyways, that I didn't, wasn't really paying attention as much to his work in it. So I, I, I know I'm not a Johnny Gargano guy, but I have, well, to you be, don't say, but I mean, you know, biased aside, I thought he did okay, but here's the thing. You do that portion of it. Now we have the reveal sort of, but where do you go from there? Is there like a rebuttal from the Miz? Does the Miz have his own segment? Does Dexter, I don't know like, where this storyline goes so at all, it, man. It feels, but I'm assuming next week there'll be like a Miz TV or a Miz sit down and he'll give his side of the story. And it'll probably do that for a few weeks until we figure out what's going on. Because it feels weird because then, you know, like Dexter grabbed him for his match. That wasn't a DQ, by the way. Very odd. Ali got a huge fucking victory. Uh, we're we're kind of downplaying that entire thing. But to me, Ali is is the worst baby face in the promo department I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so, he's not a good baby face. And so it's just, it's also like we've watched this guy Molotov cocktail stuff and be a complete dick. It's like they've turned him a couple times with this now, but it just, it doesn't, we need more. It's not there. He's it's a guy not working. He's a guy that should be a heel with a fucking heavy. Like 100%. Have, he is, he is the quintessential, I can wrestle, don't want to. My big guy's going to help me win. Like, he, and I know he probably wants to be a babyface, and that's fine. He's got a babyface style. I get it. But God damn it. This, the way he portrays himself on camera, he's a dick. Give him Omos. Yeah. Give him Aziz. Give yeah. him into share. There's plenty of huge fucking dudes on the roster. Veer, that whatever. Yeah. Like, give some, him both of them. Veer and Senga. They're yeah. a tag team again. They like, tried it with Jinder, but Jinder's not Ali. No, of course not. So. But I just when I watch Ali, I'm like, I want to root for him because he's so awesome and fluid in the shanky. ring. Shanky, whatever. Give me we something. We haven't seen Shanky since Triple H just taking I know, over. right? Like, there's, there's just so many things where I watch Ali and I think to myself, something's missing. Like, a huge proportion is missing. Like, I don't know what it is, but it might be the ha turning him heel and giving him a heavy because otherwise, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah, no, it, it hasn't worked. They've tried it a lot. Even when Vince was still doing it, like, he tried with Ali. Like, whenever there's, like, an open challenge or they need a one-off for a title, mid-card title, he's been the guy, and it's just, like... 
I don't know. It's not, he's a great, like you said, he's a great wrestler. And at one time, it's crazy that we're having this conversation now because on 205 Live with him and Cedric, they were the heart and soul. They were like two of the biggest baby faces in the company, like in terms of rooting for them with Ali because of his story and you know how hard he works and everything. But it just like, since then, it's just like, it doesn't work anymore. Now that like, it just, I don't know. Retribution just, screwed him. That's what it yeah, really comes I mean, down to. That was, I mean, everyone else is still recovering from that too. Yeah. So well, we'll see if Dominic Dijakovic is going to be all right. But hey, I you know him. what? That's he's at least getting a chance. Uh, Masse has probably been the most successful one. So, all right. Anything else, uh, Heedy, or you want to get into other things? No, let's get hopeful. All right. You want to go first? Glorious. You're my only hope. I'll keep this short and sweet. I'm heading over to AEW. I'm heading over to MJF, who they're pretty heavily teasing and having him act with babyface ways, where it sure feels like hell that he is going to be a full-on babyface. And all I can say is my hope is, fuck you, no. MJF is perfect because he is what he is. He doesn't... I want, The reason why I think this is set up is because at fucking uh, Full Gear... I want him, everything that he said he wasn't going to do, I want him to fucking do it and fucking cheat, have the fern help. I hope the fucking segment last week when they all jumped him was a fucking act, kind of like with Miz and Dexter. I just want him to just do that because just imagine, like, it's the, the moment of him winning the title is going to be so huge. But if he does all these dastardly things along the way, the crowd's going to be so confused. And that's I just like, I love it. And having him come out on Wednesday with the belt on his shoulder, telling fucking Willie Regal he's a fucking moron and a fool and a pussy and all these great things, just like, I don't know. It just MJF is MJF because he's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. And he pretty much, when he's acting like an asshole, he still feels like a baby face. So I don't want them to take that away from him. So that's my hope is like, they have to be careful with this. MJF is going to be fine either way because he's a stud. But what makes him the best thing in wrestling is by letting him just be the complete and total asshole he is. I want that to continue. So I kind of help all this elite up as an act. And he fucking lies, cheats, and steals in every single possible fucking way to win that title. I thought you had the perfect thing where he said he wouldn't use his dynamite diamond ring. He'd use Regal's brass knucks. I'm like, boom, that's another thing. But fucking screw Moxley in the biggest way possible. Win that title. Fucking, you are all an act with the firm. That's my hope. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. I like it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on board. I think full gear is going to be a big fucking deal. We're going to have to wait till fucking 12 midnight to see it. But, you know. <laughs> After Jeez. 17 matches. 17 goddamn matches and no fucking transitions. Just fucking whack transition, as Billy would say, right? Whack. Yep. Moving on. Uh, so my hope very quickly is I have not been interested in Omas and Braun Strowman. And here's my hope. I kind of want this match to just go everywhere at Crown Jewel. And is it I'm, a street fight or is it just a match? No, I think I it's know. a match. But I want it to be like maybe a double DQ here or something and they just brawl out into the streets of fucking Saudi Arabia or something. I just, they make a joke about flipping trucks and ambulances and all these like things. I just want the Gaga level to go through the fucking roof for this thing. And I want so like, I want him to throw Omas like into a fucking truck or like into a flame or like just something. Cause I feel like there's more to Braun Strowman than there is Omas. Omas 100%. needs to be off TV for a little bit, I think. So having Braun Strowman do something spectacular to Omas to get him off TV for a while. Because what the fuck are you going to do with him? We've been having this conversation for months now. What are you going to do with him? Get him off TV for a little bit. Learn a new hold. Do something. I don't know. And just stop beating up jobbers. I'm Jericho's list. Yeah, exactly. And I think having having him throw fucking Omas off the fucking stadium, I don't know, anything. Just anything Gaga related would be fucking awesome. So you can write him off TV, have him come back in a couple months, maybe at the Royal Rumble, have a big showing, whatever. 
But Omas to me needs a fucking fresh restart, new coat of paint, whatever. Braun Strowman needs a big dub because they keep making it seem like he's not going to win. He's clearly going to win. So I just want to see some spectacular production value with these two. Big kaboom, fireworks, whatever. They got the money over in Saudi Arabia. Let's just fucking happen. Let's just do it. Because Braun needs a big win and moving on to something else. Omas needs to get off my TV. So I just want to see something Gaga related to make this work. Because I feel like when we're in the match, I know we're going to launch some two lumbering idiots go at each other. But I have no high hopes. There's no wrist locks in this one, folks. You know what I mean? Like, th this is going to need an extra help. This should have been This should have been a street fight. I think you're just going to get a broken ring. I think that's what they're going to do. They can't the old, do it last, the old... though. Are they going to partially break the ring? Yeah, you can, they'll find a way. Isn't Bray Wyatt doing a promo? You have the Bray Wyatt promo after this match. It gives them plenty of time to rebuild maybe, the ring. Maybe. They used to, uh, whatever. It's fine. I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm curious to see where it goes, but it, need, it needs more Gaga. It definitely needs something. I agree. This should be like a, a false count anywhere, but yes. I, according to the uh, crown jewel sheet, it is just a singles match. We'll see if that changes. Because I agree. Like, the best part of Braun is him picking up objects, eating things, and doing, like, feats of strength and, like, fun things. And, I mean, him and Omos, I think, I mean, Braun's going to bring the power, and Omos is going to do some things. It's impressive when he picks up Braun and makes him look small. So, there will be, like, I think when we actually watch it, it's going to exceed our expectations just because, like, you put two big lumbering fools together. There's part of it that can be entertaining, but, I mean, if this thing goes more than 10 minutes, then we might be in a little bit of trouble, but we'll see. Even if MVP gets thrown off a scaffold or something, anything, just something, anything, you know, it's just something exclamation point worthy. That's all I ask. I think we'll, we'll get something, but I, my guess it might be a busted. I'm rate. just saying this is the perfect opportunity, especially in Saudi Arabia where, you know, sky's the limit. It's just insane. All right. You want to get, you want to give me comeback? Don't call it a comeback. She was there for years until she wasn't. But you're singing the Six Flags theme with the old man with the glasses. Is what you're doing. I know. I know. I believe she didn't have that music though. Emma came out to her music that she ended with when she was the heel. Emma was in that great match with Paige, which I think really kicked off women getting treated differently in wrestling. Emma was always one of our favorites. She's our boy Billy's ultimate favorite of all time. I had to text him to tell him to make sure he checked it out because she is back she's also dating uh mad cat moss so uh i think that's probably how they got in touch to bring her back and i think she can bring a lot of veteran uh skill to this woman's division especially on smackdown where you have a lot of the younger talent i think that she can work with which i think is a positive obviously her debut was answering the open challenge against ronda rousey and rousey mimicking her little like arm thing like one i thought it was hilarious because anytime ronda shows personality i like it and two the fact that ronda even knew that was a thing Means that she actually used to, has watched some wrestling, so that made me happy. But it's great to see Emma back. I do think she can bring a lot to WWE because they do have so many young women, whether it's on the main roster or NXT. You need some veterans in there you can rely on more than just the Natalias of the world or your top-of-the-card people. And I think Emma can be that and help make a lot of people better. And, uh, you know, I think at some point you might have an Aussie faction in, uh, in the women's division in WWE. So, uh, but yeah, Emma, you get my comeback. I'm going to give my comeback to somebody that I didn't expect I was going to give it to. I'm going to give it to our truth because I feel like the last two like, weeks in a row for the truth, man. I feel like last week I, it opened my eyes with the Waller thing, which was funny. And then this week he came out and to me, which was a filler segment with JBL and, and uh, Corbin, which again, we can get into that another whole time. But I, I, I'm going to give it a truth only because I feel like there's a resurgence here, like a, a constant thing where he's just reminded he can go in the ring. We obviously know he's funny. But I, I, 
I thought he was a really good foil for JBL. Like JBL, JBL gets very upset for no reason very quickly. And I feel like he doesn't like idiots and stupidity. And our truth is just so good at boing flip right back in your face. And it worked perfectly. And it made a segment that I thought was pretty much a filler and throwaway. I was very entertained by it. So our truth can do no wrong. And uh, you can tell that guy just is loving life and doing a lot of fun things. So I give it to him. And I hope that on Tuesday night against, uh, I believe it's against Waller. It's Waller. One-on-one, baby, on so NXT. We'll see how it goes. I, I have I have severely uh, high hopes that truth will make Waller look pretty good. And vice Dude, versa. Both, like these two guys... They have a, they, it's weird to say, but they kind of have similar styles because Waller does a lot of like the showy, like basketball y type like moves, like that R Truth has in his repertoire with the kicks and the elbows and stuff. So I think it will be fun. And like, yeah, it's like R Truth has been on a run because you had last week and then you had NXT and then you had on Raw. It just, I think this was something because I kind of criticized uh, Triple H a couple weeks ago being like, look it, I watched some of these shows and it's just, it's a lot of good wrestling, but it's like, I'm kind of missing some of the entertainment. And I think the last couple weeks, Triple H has worked in more of like these fun, like short filler things that like just kind of like take something that was just kind of a flat line and give it a slight hump. So it's interesting. And our truth is one of the perfect guys for that. So I think like kind of utilizing him in different spots and fitting him in, like this is the type of guy that like should be part of the show, whether it's a short segment or something like he did on Monday, like almost every week, because he just, he brings a different dynamic than anyone else in the company. And he has for a long time. And it's just one of those things. It's like you had them in Texas, so JBL, he did turn the booze on his own, but bringing out our truth just brought it to another level and made it easier for the hometown guy to get the heat. So yeah, no, this is a good comeback by you. Two weeks in a row for our truth. I gave it last week, you this week. Can he get the hat trick next week, baby? We'll find out if he uh, beats Grayson Waller and does something awesome on Tuesday night. So it'll be a good time. All right, time for the big yeah, old Tuesday. finish. Big old finish. NXT, like you mentioned, our truth versus Waller. Um, we also have the Mandy Rose celebration. I didn't see anything else booked. Maybe they booked since, but uh, I'm sure NXT always has a lot of fun stuff, so I'm sure there's more. But on SmackDown this week, Nestlemania, before we get to the crown jewel, we have Gunther defending the Intercontinental title against Rey Mysterio and Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville in a no-disqualification match. So I am curious. I I, uh, I know that there are spoilers out there because they did you know, film. They did tape these because so, obviously they're going to be in Saudi on Friday. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know much. I just know that Rey Mysterio versus Gunther has my... It has my my attention. Me too. For for obvious reasons, and I hope that it fucking slaps because it it just ha- like to me it's like watching a fly just get fucking pummeled. That's what I want to see. I just want to see flying. I want to see him duck the fucking clothesline, jump on the second rope, go for a crossbody, fucking smack. That's what I want. I want. I just want that, and I'll be happy. Just fucking swat him away. Be great. Uh, you jumped the, the gun here. Do you think with the celebration for Mandy Rose that there's going to be an unveiling of a new talent? To be That's the a good point. To, to be the person, because like Alba Fire was great, uh, and we kind of jumped the, the shark uh, here with, uh, or, or flipped the, what do you say, left the dolphin. Uh, our girl uh, Ava Rain did debut in NXT. Uh, that was yeah, she did. I, that was a possible comeback yeah. opportunity. Uh, yeah, no, she's. It's one of those things where she debuted with like the coldest thing on NXT, and instantly maybe that could be interesting now because it's another one of those factions that has a lot of talent, but it wasn't working. Maybe she's the missing link, uh, being the Rock's daughter. For those of you that don't How know, how dare Ava you call Ray, her the missing debut. link? She might she's be the beautiful. missing link of of, of schism. Oh, schism. She might be the schism. missing link of schism. schism because they needed something, and maybe she's the jolt that uh, will bring them to the next level. Because the grizzled young vets and Joe Gacy are some of my favorite talents. That just factions just sucked. So, 
Yeah, no, that is going to be interesting. So there will be follow-up from that. I'm curious to where it goes, but I also think this is a unique way. I mean, her her dad debuted in a faction too with the, the goofy stuff and everything, and he was part of other ones. So I think this is a nice way to get her feet wet and like kind of take like – there's a lot of talent in that group now. So I am curious to where it goes. And, yeah, I think that's exciting. But in terms of the Mandy Rose thing, I think it always is a good opportunity for someone to either return or debut – I don't really have anyone in mind in the pipeline. I would think um, Tiffany Stratton's probably one. She could return, but I mean, I, I don't know. I that would. I don't think she's the one to dethrone Mandy, though. I still think it's going to be WrestleMania weekend and likely be Roxanne, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. I just, I'm just trying to to get an idea of what people are thinking because if she's having a celebration, you would think that it's getting stopped in some way so I yeah just, and she's beaten like everyone on yeah. the nxt roster like twice at this point so there's not really a lot left unless she goes to you know does she get beat nikita lions i can't remember at this point probably has no they never did because nikita always gets hurt or in trouble she's the kevin nash she always goes under the knife when yeah. she has to take a loss right but now so, they're they, i mean her and zoe stark are in the tag team feud and they're right. gonna get a rematch because what do you think of that last week they won the titles and then they didn't i was happy because i don't want them to win the titles but what a dusty three had to delete some tweets in his celebration i know i know i know i i loved so here's the thing zoe stark makes me want to fall asleep so i don't really yep. give a shit nikita lyons star you could see it i mean you yeah. obvious reasons even if you're not a wrestling fan uh that that girl's that girl's something. Especially if you're not a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. You, you're going to be like, who's who's that? that that's lady? someone they noticed. Yeah, that's somebody that... Uh, Brock Lesnar and Nikita Lyons. Yeah, dangerous curves lie ahead. Yeah. Uh, so for her, uh, high ceiling. Zoe Stark, you put Zoe Stark on my TV. I'm sorry, Guthrie. It's a channel change. Fast forward, three, you know, 32X for me. It's it's tough. It's tough. I don't think she's got any charisma. She might be as well as be a wet napkin. I mean, that's when I watch her. She is just useless to me. So, sorry. It's the truth. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't disagree. I think she's uh, she's very boring. Uh, do you want to do Crown Jewel or AEW first? Let's do AEW. AEW. There's like 30 matches on Dynamite this week. You probably don't care about any of them, but we have Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. I could give a fuck. Well, hold on, we hold on. There's gonna, they, they, I did say there's somebody that, that has a secret, apparently, is what they're doing here. So somebody's supposed to unleash a secret of Darby Allen or somehow. I think yeah, that's what the, You don't, don't care. care. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of not caring, we have this rematch. Uh, Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir. Didn't you know, they learn we, their lesson last time having Marina on uh, Dynamite? Dear God. And this the storyline is so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. We have Moxley in his weekly match, and this time it's Lee Moriarty. <sighs> yeah, you got nothing. I agree. Uh, we have a Reign of Honor television title match between Samoa Joe and Brian Cage. It actually could be okay, but it'll it's be fun, but it has no reasoning behind it. Really. I hope they pull a surprise and give Brian Cage the title. I think that'd be a cool little switch, but Tony Khan's a fucking coward and wants to suck that Samoan cock, so he ain't doing that. Wow. Uh, we have Jericho taking on a former Reign of Honor champion of any kind. Uh, who do you think it's going to be? Oh, God. I'm, I mean, so the champion, does that mean world champion? No, it can be. He said he wants to he'll take on any. So it's got to be is there like a tag team, former tag team champion or something. It's got to be something like that. I'm sure it'll be somebody like really underwhelming. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll Probably be like, someone I've never heard of. Like it can't be Jamie Noble. You know, it's like. It, well, it, we saw him on Monday. Yeah, exactly. We. I'm just trying to think of like, at this point, anything Ring of Honor just makes me turn the channel off. I agree. Sorry. This version of it is dog shit. This whole I thing. did save the two most interesting things for last though, Nestlemania. We have a, yet another triple threat match. It might as well be called the triple threat title. The All-Atlantic Championship. Uh, we have Orange Cassidy, Luchasaurus, and Ray Phoenix. Is that right? Is that, is that right? Well, this is just a big dub for Orange Cassidy and for a way for, I assume, you know, I was going to call him Stegosaurus. Luchasaurus. 
Sorry, Stegosaurus is big in my family with my kids. Uh, Stegosaurus, uh, Luchasaurus, right-handed destruction, whatever the hell Christian, he cooled off real quick. No, I still love it. Anytime Christian talks and Luchasaurus is there, I pay attention. It's just like, the problem is they're feuding with the guy who I believe got injured. So Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, I, I, Orange Cassidy bringing the title in a backpack is really hilarious. I think that's hey, fun. I, I'm just glad that I actually care about this title now because yeah. it's on one of the best people in AEW. So that's at least why at least like I'm interested and that title's on TV now. The last thing, WrestleMania, is the most interesting thing because there's probably going to be a lot of gaga because it is daddy ass's birthday bash. He got kidnapped by Swerve last week. Uh, and so they're clearly, obviously, we have this tag team title match, which I think is going to be at full gear. Uh, but I think it'll probably be the last time we see Lee and Swerve together because Swerve has gone off the deep end, whereas Keith Lee is still trying to keep it respectful. So this honestly, like, it's an interesting storyline. And Daddy Ass and the Acclaimed are fun. So I'm sure this segment is going to have all the scissoring and ridiculousness. So they did get the scissoring back, right? Or did, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, they beat, they beat your boys. Okay. So, that, that, so they can say it again. Yeah, they can say it. They can do it. They own it. Okay. Seems bizarre, but okay. You must have missed that episode. Of you know what? Yeah, I well, yeah. So did the rest of us. Uh, so yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I don't. I'm not frothing at the mouth for watching Rampage. So sorry. Yeah, there's there's never anything to watch on Rampage except for every week. There's always one thing that catches my attention, and uh, I believe it was this past week. It was the baddies. So, but yeah, WrestleMania. Should we speaking of Crown Jewel? Should we get to the Crown Jewel of WWE in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia? I believe we have seven matches uh, for this premium live event. We will kick it off WrestleMania with a tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. We have the Usi Bros, the Usos, Jay and Jimmy taking on the brawling brutes of Ridge the fridge and butch who you got uh i gotta keep it oozy baby i gotta make sure that my boys get their uh the record so we gotta keep the ones up we the ones we the ones i agree usos for me we have a last woman standing match for the wwe raw women's championship uh last time they fought i picked bailey because i was trying to get cute no more cuteness from me i'm on my own against the wall give me bianca till the end of time or till she faces charlotte Belair is going to win for a very long time because she's fucking super Cena, it seems, at this point. So, Belair, Belair. If Bailey, Bailey needs to get the fuck away from Belair after this, by the way. Uh, yeah, damage control needs a breather. <laughs> I think. But, yeah, no, I agree. Next up, singles match between Braun Strowman and Omos with MVP. I think we agree all aboard the choo-choo Strowman Express. He deserves the big dub. I don't think he's, I mean, maybe he has, but I feel like he always has big moments in Saudi Arabia and wins a lot over there because he's a big fucking stud, and there's a lot of kids in that crowd, and kids love fucking the roar, man, just like me, because I'm a kid at heart. So give me Braun Strowman. Okay. It was just weird that you said, whatever, we'll move on from it. Uh, Kids love Braun Strowman. It's a real thing. He's a big Strowman, man. He's a stud. He goes roar. Strowman wins because, I, like I said, big fucking kaboom. If there's not a big fucking kaboom, I'm going to be pissed. Speaking of a big fucking kaboom in a bad way, like take this match, blow it up, launch it into the sun, let it float up into space till it just dissipates into nothing. We have a steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross with Scarlet. I don't fucking care, but give me fucking stupid ass sword dickhead. All right, Drew this McIntyre. This match sucks. I can't believe you're that upset over this. Like, I know you don't like Steel's cage matches. It's the two a... most boring guys on TV in the worst match. Get I mean, it out of ma my face. So you know what that means? We're getting to a third one. Can't get more excited for that one, folks. A third one. We're going to get to a third one. At least it can't. the third one can't be a Steel cage or a strap match because we've already seen those. Are they going to have a regular match? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Just, just end it. 
Uh, next up, we have the Nestle Special. Six-man tag team match between the OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, taking on the Judgment Day without the E. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley. I think the Judgment Day need a big dub here. I am a little worried the OC will win because they just came back, but I'll take the risk. I'll take the Judgment Day. You're going to take the Judgment Day? So you're, you basically jumped the shark on that one because I was going to pick the Judgment Day as well. Le- leapt the Dolphin, buddy. Well, you say Leapt the Dolphin. The show. Judgment No Day. one has ever heard the expression jump the shark before. So. Sure. Okay. Leapt the Dolphin. Uh, you picked Judgment Day. I also, too, because here's my thing. Unless some woman comes out and equalizes Rhea, which I don't know if they're going to do in Riyadh, I think they're going to save it for like a You're raw. saying they don't like women over there? No, 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 no. I'm just saying like it's not a huge reveal over there, it feels like. But I could be wrong. Um, the Judgment Day need a big W because uh, I feel like they're going to play out this Rhea hitting people in the nuts thing until they find a woman, Charlotte, I would assume. Beth Phoenix. But Beth Phoenix with them makes no fucking sense. They already, she wrote Beth Phoenix off TV. No, but you can't have Beth Phoenix without Edge. Well, yeah, exactly. In Survivor Series, we're getting probably Edge versus the Judgment Day with Beth Phoenix. She's not coming back in Riyadh, but that, that's starting soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it started Monday. So that's why I think Judgment Day get the win, because I think they need to have the momentum going into War Games, Survivor Series, whatever the fuck it is. We have two matches left in WrestleMania. Singles match, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Lashley won the first one. Lesnar wins this one. It'll probably be really good. Give me Lesnar. As long as Lashley doesn't, you know, try to put his shoulder out when he's taking a suplex and knock himself unconscious and silly, this should be a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, I hope Brock Lesnar just, you know, fucking takes it easy on him. You know, over under 13 and a half suplexes. Oh, there's so many more suplexes that are happening in here. I'd go over to... under three and a half F5s. There's going to be three. There's going to be only three F5s. And there's going to be at least 15 suplexes. Okay. How many hurt locks does Brock get one out of? Or one. He gets out only of one. Only one? I think he gets out of two. No. We'll, we'll do that. No, Just this isn't a WrestleMania. It's fine. I'll give you, uh, I mean, Crown Jewel yeah, sometimes gets the treatment of bigger than WrestleMania. There's a lot more money made from this show. Uh, and then we have the main event in WrestleMania, a singles match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns, the champion, defends against Logan Paul in the main event. Should he be scared of the one-punch chump? No. I, I agree. I, Roman, I, Roman rolls here. No bullshit DQ and shit you were saying earlier. Roman clean. I think this match is going to overachieve. Because Logan Paul's athleticism is good, and Roman Reigns is going to make him look like a stud. But uh, yeah, Roman in a fucking 20-minute spectacle. Four or five minutes of it will just be his pro, as, uh, his entrance. So he gets the well, other Well, that doesn't count as part of the match. That's no, the- I know. I'm just saying. Just... Can't wait for that backflip to get a Superman punch. He's going to do a backflip, and then he's just going to go, and done. That'll be it. Ooh-ah. He's going to ooh all over his face. It'd be great. Anyway, on that note, do you have anything else? You really need to wrap this shit up. I'm ready to wrap this shit up. All right. Well, anyway, we hope you enjoyed this week of the Jobberknocker, and we'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. Dun, 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 dun.